Welcome to Pathfinder Academy. Class is now in session. Here are your professors, Caleb and Christian. Good morning, class. You may be seated. Today's lesson is on the Merfolk race. This is part of a race overview series where we go over all the possible player races. And right now, we're on the uncommon races. Merfolk, Christian, I've been excited to get to these for a long time. This was the first race I've ever played, and uh, they hold a little special place in my heart for that reason. Wait, your first character ever was a merman? He was. That's... He was a merman summoner. Ooh, they let you play a summoner. <laughs> yes, well, this is my first try, my first game ever, so we're like, he has no clue what he can do here. Sure, go ahead, buddy. Yeah, they're, the merfolk are what they sound like. They're literally mer people. They are mermaids. They are mermen. They're, that's what they look like. That's who they are, and they're proud of it. And you know what? I'm actually going to disagree a little bit. They're not exactly what they look like, because when I looked at this picture... This, I just want to find something to disagree with that. Even the most inane statement that could not possibly be disagreed with, I found a way to disagree with it. That's the way I do things. Uh, is when I looked at the picture here, the art here, it wasn't what I thought of when I thought of a merfolk or a merwoman. Uh, merfolk have the upper torsos of well-built and attractive humans and the lower halves consisting of the tail and fins of a great fish. Their hair and scales span a wide range of blues with merfolk in a given region closely resembling each other. Kid, that sounds a lot like what I said. It is, but the picture agrees differently. The tail is sort of like, almost like a serpent's tail. A little less than when you picture when you picture the Halloween costume of a, of a mer-lady. A mermaid is probably the, the better word. I know, that description said the tail of a great fish, Caleb. That doesn't sound snaky to me. I'm just looking at the picture, and the picture's super cool and it's a little bit snaky, Christian. Of course, it's got the finny, finny, fin fins at the end, but uh, and little fin fins coming, coming along the sides once in a while. But it looks pretty cool. And also, his rib cage. Is where his his gills are, which is pretty cool. Sure, use pictures against me. Visual evidence. See if I can. <laughs> it was a great reason why I picked this character because I'm a very visual person. And I'm like, I want this person. Well, Caleb's probably really terrible stats. Right? I want this picture. All right. Well, that's you now. Guess what? Guess what character art mine was when I showed him my character. Uh, Ariel. Correct. Yes, you've nailed it. <laughs> um... No, no, no. It, it was not a, a. It was it was the picture. The picture that's in here. That's what it was. Oh, was it meant to be a guessing game, Christian? They are adults at 15, middle-aged at 35, old at 53. If interval at 70, it can live up to 90 years old. I feel like that's about human. That was changing. Maybe slightly extended. Yep, it's human. Actually, a bunch. Capo, Gassimar, Dampere. A bunch of them. So let's talk about what makes them them. Merfolk are graceful, hale, and beautiful. They get a plus two dex, plus two con, and a plus two charisma. You heard that right, guys. No negatives. I've never heard the word hail as an adjective before. Me neither. I wasn't going to bring that up because I bring that up every time. It <laughs> I don't want to be the dumb who never knows what words mean. It means strong and healthy to be hail. Ooh. Oh, oh no wonder that... I, I don't know the word. <laughs> I've never had that described. <laughs> is that why you say hail to someone? Like, ah, uh, strong and healthy. I don't know. Wait, so they have three plus twos? They had to have some sort of drawback. They do, and we'll find out in just a second what exactly it is. It better be crippling. Uh, merfolk are medium creatures, have no bonuses or penalties because of their size. So you want them to have a penalty, Christian? Let me present to you the 5-foot move speed. They have slow speed, which is a base speed of 5 feet, though they do have a swim speed of 50 feet. That means if, I'm, if, that means if I want to be a martial character, I'm booking it at 5, at five foot of movement. I can, Christian, do you know what I do? For my move action, I shift. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> I take a five-foot step. That's my move action as a fighter. I'm going to get to you by the end of this battle. 
It might actually be the end of the battle. You might be dead by the time I get to you, but I'm coming. I'm coming at you. I don't know what's funnier, that, or if they pick something like Barbarian or Monk, they now have a movement speed of 15 feet, which really isn't any better, but is, like, how do you visualize that? Are they just hopping around? Are they, are they like, uh, undulating on the ground to move around? Oh, this is great. I love this. This is terrible. I hate this. <laughs> it's, it's the idea that their, uh, their tails are what hamper them, that they can't quite slither slither their way around uh land merfolks are humanoids with the aquatic subtype again we've seen this before but aquatic means that they have a swim speed as we have seen it also means they can breathe underwater it also means they can't live outside of water so hopefully we see something to offset that or these are actual underwater this is an actual underwater race such as amphibious merfolk are amphibious but prefer not to spend long periods out of the water very interesting there's no like stat block for every you know day you're out of the water you lose one charisma or whatever the heck they just say you know what this is really you got to role play this yeah i'm sure that's enforced a lot i think it's a i think it's a fun thing uh you can like your partying adventures you're obviously land dwellers and you just like every once in a while you like to find a river sun you can just kind of swim around and be like oh it's like a breath of fresh air merfolk begin play speaking common and aquan Merfolk with high intelligence score can choose from the following. Aboleth, Aklo, Draconic, Elven, and Sylvan. Aboleth being the language we learned from the Gilman. Right, so they're going to be good buddies with the Gilman. Well, I don't think the Gilman would be very happy about them speaking Aboleth. Well, I mean, it was what the Gilman got, so it's like, hey, look, I know your, your, your language. Hey, Gilman I know your slave a... language. Let me, let me speak to you how your slave drivers <laughs> talk to you. <laughs> don't you dare call me by my slave name. <laughs> Merfolk have armor. They get a plus two natural armor bonus. Well, that's simple. And I like it. That's pretty powerful. You can take, like, feats and stuff and just give you a plus one to your AC. This is a trait that gives you plus two. Rarely do you see a trait that's twice as good as a feat. Merfolk are legless. Merfolks have no legs. Therefore, they cannot be tripped. Also, they look stupid when they move around. They look great. It's just slow. It's not not stupid. You're stupid thing. Low light vision. Merfolk have low light vision, allowing them to see twice as far as humans in conditions of dim light. Um, you better because last I checked, light only penetrates so far into the ocean. Yeah, these are uh, heavily suited to be an underwater. I would argue almost never playing this outside of the water. Man, is that a chore? I well, wait, Christian. There's stuff that's going to help us out here. I, I'm actually a little curious, just for roleplay reasons, um, why they don't have dark vision. Because I feel like you're going to have zero light once you reach a certain depth. Maybe they don't go that deep. I don't know. I don't know where merfolk live. Maybe they only live in, like, coral reef kind of deals where they're not too far below the surface of the water like the Gilman were, where they were enslaved by the Abolins who were sure. Abolis, who were literally at the bottom of the sea, like, as deep as you can go, the marina trench sort of deal. So let's move on to some of their alternate racial traits. See what they... There's not a lot to replace here, so I'm not foreseeing them having a lot of alternate racial traits. I'd like to replace Legless, but still have the tail. Figure that one out. <laughs> Well, the first one is already dark vision. This is going to replace low light vision. Some merfolk favor the lightless depths over shallower waters. Merfolk with this racial trait gain dark vision with a range of 60 feet and light sensitivity. Kind of the basic version of dark vision we've seen on a lot of uh, low light vision races. Yep, makes sense. It immediately addressed something I, I thought was a problem. Sea Singer, the beautiful voices of the merfolk are legendary. A Sea Singer gains a plus two racial bonus on performed sing checks and a plus one racial bonus to the save DC of language-dependent spells. This replaces low-light vision. Interesting. I guess that makes sense, because I'm, I'm, if I'm going to be on the surface all the time to lure sailors in with my strange turid music, uh, I'm not going to be too deep in the water to need that low-light vision. Obviously a trait much favored toward bards. This is an incredibly powerful bard trait. 
Uh, their last artillery racial trait is Strong Tail. A few merfolk have broad, strong tails that are more suited for land travel than typical merfolk. Merfolk with this racial trait have a land speed of 15 feet instead of 5, and a swim speed of 30 feet instead of 50. Okay, so if you take that and then you take something like Barbarian or Monk, you actually have a somewhat normal move speed. Or after not too long, there's different items uh, that you can get, magic items that will get your move speed. Uh, they can't exactly wear boots, though, can they? Mm, I would argue no. Certainly not. <laughs> I, I like the idea of a single boot at the end of their fin. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you always find boots and cans in the water when you're fishing. You, like, you put, oh, I got the boot. It's because the merfolk's like, who? I don't need two shoes, so they discard one. <laughs> you figured it out, Caleb. <laughs> I, I really like the way this is uh, replacing swim speed. Because I want the rest of these traits from the merfolk, and as soon as I saw strong tail, I'm like, oh, whatever it replaces is going to suck. But I feel like I have to have this so I can have a good land speed. I like the idea. It's, oh, I'm just kind of you know, trading my swim speed. And it really fits in well thematically in, in like the world of the lore where it's like, well, my, my tail is just shaped better for the land than it is for the water. You do It does come with the prerequisite you have to get picked on in high school, though. Hey, look, it's funny tail. Can't say, let's have a race funny tail. Oh, what? Can't keep up. <laughs> They got three favorite class options for the Druid, Ranger, and Sorcerer. And the Sorcerer one is a little bit interesting. You want to talk to us about that, Christian? For every level you take in your favorite class Sorcerer, you can choose to add one half to your caster level when determining the range of any spells with the Water Descriptor. Um, not a particularly powerful one, so at level 3 you're basically counting as level 4 for the range, specifically the range of Water Spells. I don't know enough Water Spells to say whether this is good or bad, but... Um, increasing the range of stuff is always a powerful option, something we definitely don't see in favored class options often. Mm -hmm. They've got one archetype, the Wave Warden, for the Ranger, uh, which allows you to do some stuff underwater. It's more water-themed. Uh, as you kind of notice, when they had their favorite class options were Druid and Ranger, and their archetype is Ranger, uh, in Galarian, there's a very nature theme to them. It even talks about how, like, you know, they don't really, they're not really into ethical debates and morality. They talk more about art, and they deal more with the arts and with nature. So that's just hitting their theme. Let's talk about their feet, Christian. They don't have any. It's a fin. <laughs> Woohoo! Nailed it. Just as they have no feet, they have almost no feats. Uh, they have exactly one feat. It's called Sea Hunter. It requires you to have the combat reflexes feat. Your blows knock swimming opponents off balance. When you make a successful melee attack against a swimming target, as a free action you can attempt to knock the target off balance. You treat this as a trip combat maneuver. If you succeed, the target is considered off balance, which is some sort of basically underwater condition you can only have while underwater, until it recovers its balance, usually by making a swim check on its turn. That's how you get rid of the off-balance. This feat has no effect on creatures with a swim speed. Those using magic such as freedom of movement and creatures that can't be tripped. Well, that just absolutely soured the whole pot of that feat. If I'm fighting something underwater that doesn't already have a swim speed, I don't need any kind of bonus against it. It's already in... Mm. It's in deep water. <laughs> but I mean, they're in over their head. <laughs> what am I going to trip? A, a fish. I'm going to trip something that's fish like and they all have swim speeds or I'm going to trip someone using magic to get through water, which is that's that's absolutely silly. I was really glad reading it at first because it wasn't literally like, hey, you can make a trip attempt while underwater, which I, I think I already talked about when we did like the. Undines. I don't like options that are just, hey, you can do this thing you normally do, but you just spent a feat so you can do it underwater. 
Um, it was trying to do something powerful by letting you do this as a free action whenever you land a melee attack, which is, you know, I'll take a free combat maneuver whenever I land a melee attack. That's awesome. Sure. But but the, the restriction on it is absolutely inane. I would never use this. I agree. It's pretty crippling, I think. They've got some items, uh, one magic and one mundane. The mundane one is an underwater crossbow. It's what you think. And it's uh, 70 gold for the light one and 100 gold for the heavy one. It functions exactly like a regular crossbow out of water as well. And their magic item is the Seafoam Shawl. It's 6,000 gold, and it takes a shoulder slot. The sh- this shawl of delicate lace grants the benefits of the Finn's Defeat spell once per day. Christian, what's Finn's Defeat? I mean, context clues. It turns your Finn's in, <laughs> in defeat. Context clues. I thought we all learned these already. It is the new spell uh, granted here in the Advanced Race Guide. Why don't you tell us about it? Although not as iconic as the lovely Sticks to Snakes. Finn's Defeat is a level 3 spell for the druid, shaman, sorcerer slash wizard, and witch. Um, It is a touch spell. It lasts one hour a level, so a very long time. And you can only affect willing creatures. You can't make something with Finn's forcibly have feet now. You transform the target's fins, flippers, or tail into legs and feet, allowing it to walk on land. The target loses its swim speed, but gains a base speed appropriate for a humanoid of its size. If the creature is immersed in water for one round, the transformation reverts, allowing it to swim normally. One round after leaving the water, the transformation occurs again, allowing it to walk. This spell only works on merfolk, tritons, seals, fish, and other creatures whose bodies or limbs are used mainly for swimming and are not suitable for walking. Well, why give me any of the larger groups anyway? (laughs) This does not give the target the ability to breathe air. So if I'm playing merfolk who's not a caster... I'm, I'm, I'm pretty screwed unless I get that magic item, which is, this is the perfect coupling, because a caster, I can just cast the spell on myself and, and get going, or from a caster that doesn't have us on my list, I get the magic item. So this is what allows you to, oh, finally get that normal move speed. It kind of makes the strong tail sort of useless if you've picked that feat and you plan on to continue to cast uh, it is it is only uh, five hours per day, so I would still want to have a backup because, you know, unless I somehow compartmentalize my adventuring to five hours a day. That's, that's a good point. Um, I'm going to really want to move around. All right. But once you get to 16, level 16, you're having it for most of your waking day. And uh, there's all sorts of things. You can uh, extend the spell, make it double, so all you need is get to level eight, and then you have it for most of your waking time. And I will say, I'm actually disappointed in one thing i wish that this could be made permanent with a permanency spell because it's so useful the way it just goes turns you back your fins back into fins or your fins into feet depending on whether you're not in the water or not and it only takes six seconds uh i really like to see this permanency i would i would ask my gm if maybe i could do it and that's the entirety of the merfolk christian what do you think i do not like it when you have a weakness as absolutely crippling as a five foot move speed there's two main things I don't like. Their their ability is so crippling that half, if not like 70% of the stuff we looked at and talked about was the ability to get around this crippling weakness, which was has not happened for any other race we have talked about. Things have had weaknesses, things have had light blindness, things have had vulnerability, but it was never something where we spent the entire time talking about it, talking about options to get around it, an entire item dedicated just to get around this weakness. And then... The other thing I really don't like is when you do get around the weakness, it's not very interesting because they're just stronger people. All their abilities are really strong. They get this plus two natural armor, which is just kind of like a flat number bonus. They get 
plus two to three stats. That's just more flat number bonuses. So once they get around their weakness, they're just kind of like, oh, I'm now better than everyone else because I have feet now, and I just have all these compensations for not having feet. I, I honestly do not like this at all. Wow, okay, I have some pretty different opinions because I certainly love this. One of my favorite, uh, I think the art, of course, inspired me when I first played it, and then continuing forward, I, I think that we, we wanted to talk about with the Gilman, the Merfolk, and the Undying, how we, we need these all to be different. And they made this very different. I think this has its own identity with the idea of its tail. I totally see what you're saying. There, there was uh, an item, uh, alternate racial trait, and a magic spell that all had to do with their weakness. And there's something to be said with if your weakness is balancing the race, removing that weakness has to be a danger. I think they do get around that with the fact that it can't be made permanent as much as I would like that. Even the shawls only once per day. The spells limited to you know your level per uh, your level per hour per day. Uh, so I actually I think that it, it re- retains that sort of balance, and I really like the identity of this of this race. Matter of fact, I think it's it's far more interesting than the Gilman. Uh, talking for a homebrew area, not talking about the Gilman's um, uh, story background. Just talking about as a race, I'm like, uh, why even have the Gilman over the Undying? That sort of thing. I do see why to have the Merfolk over the Undying. I certainly see the difference. And obviously these are the go-to option for any underwater campaign. Mm-hmm. Kind of blow everyone else out of the water <laughs> um, in terms of that because of all the <laughs> stat bonuses. Like, not only are they stronger now, now they're faster under the water. So they're like the kings of undersea campaigns and combat. Which makes sense. If you're half fish, please make me the best at being a fish. Mm-hmm. But I, I just like it. I like it better when your weaknesses can kind of exist without you thinking only of eradicating them to get around them. Sure. I, I like the simpleness. Uh, simpleness? I like the simplicity is the word that we would use in the English language. I like the simplicity of these stat flat bonuses. I certainly understand uh, that, they, that that can be a, a downside. But I kind of like that. It's like, how can I very basically, very basically, make this race very different? And I like that. I like that. It's it's not so much stuff like with the frog person. Okay, I'm, am I in a forest? I get the plus two bonus. This is, I've got armor. I've got this like fish scale, so I get armor. I have this tail, so I have the swim speed, and I can't walk very fast. I like the simplicity of that. Two very different opinions here on Pathfinder County, but that's what makes this podcast so great. So we can have two two different opinions, and we can still be friends. Wait, Christian, are we still friends? Let's let's check in. Let's check, guys. Let's check in with Christian on the ground. Christian, are we still friends? Still. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> but I think that you you are right here. You want to watch out for a power gamer. This might be a race that they they can pick if they can work around the the move speed. To hey, no negatives. I mean, it's the first race we've seen uh, with three positives and no negatives. I think we saw somebody with two positives and no negatives. But we haven't seen anybody with three positives, no negatives. The first thing I thought when you said, I'm a summoner merfolk, I was like, oh, I bet he's a thin- synthesis summoner who gave himself legs. Oh, man. See, it's my or first just, time playing. Or just rode around on your Edelon like a mount. I didn't even think of that. First time playing. Man, I didn't even think of it at all. But there's a good idea. Would, the, would these stat spread be good for a summoner? I haven't played a summoner in so long. I don't remember what their stats. These, uh, this what they stat spread would be good for anyone. But yes, it gets a bonus to charisma, which is the summoner's casting stat. Oh, okay, perfect. They they can uh, there's cool certain like uh, things you can like summon sharks and stuff. Sort of useless when you're not in a uh, sort of ocean campaign or a pirate campaign. But uh, I do like the idea of summoning a shark right next to somebody. It's like at least you can get bite attacks since you're right next to him. That is the merfolk. Next is the Nagaji. 
I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Maybe I'll learn it by the episode. Maybe I won't. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, but I know nothing about these people except that they're snake people, but they're not quite snake people. We'll find out next episode. Thank you all for listening. Class is dismissed. Pathfinder Academy is part of the Trailblazer Network. For other great Pathfinder podcasts, visit our site, tblazer.net. Want to get in touch? You can email us at tblazernetwork at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at tblazernetwork. I've been Nicholas Laborde. Thanks for listening. Oh, hey, didn't see you there. My friend Christian and I were just trying to find some eggs at this Easter egg hunt. Hey, Caleb, do you think these guys would be interested in joining us? You know, I bet they would. I mean, if they listen to Pathfinder Academy, they gotta be cool, right? If role-playing games are your thing, why don't you guys check out our other podcast, Trailblazers? Trailblazers is an actual play podcast where you can see many of the concepts addressed in this show come to life. Season 2 of Trailblazers has been great so far, and I especially like that you can get into it without any prior knowledge of Season 1. It's definitely a fun adventure, especially if you like mysteries and a dash of cyberpunk with your fantasy. If high fantasy is more your style, then consider giving Season 1 a listen. You can listen to Trailblazers on this very feed. We've got a bunch of other ways to listen as well, so go to our site tblazer.net for a complete list of the ways that you can listen. So go ahead, eat some chocolate bunnies, exchange baskets of candy, grab some dice, and join us. Man, Christian, I can't wait to hatch one of these suckers and get my very own dragon. Caleb, you know these are plastic, right? They're just filled with chocolate. Wait, what? Hey, Andrew, you want to play some D&D tonight? No. I can't. You're not real. None of this is real. 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 Mental divergence can be a tricky situation, but we here at Tales from the Lich can be your hand in the infinite darkness. When you can't play, listen. TalesFromTheLich.com.